This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. 12.03, Monday afternoon, October 3rd. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Brand new week, brand new month on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. It's been a busy week on the economic front, capped by Friday's release of the government jobs report in September. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, Mayor Lightfoot has unveiled her $16.6 billion city budget. Let's find out what it includes includes and doesn't include from Greg Hines, columnist for Crane Chicago Business. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We have already discussed this uh, ad infinitum uh, since last week, and that means the the budget does not include that uh, inflation-adjusted property tax hike, which uh, the wannabes who want to be mayor in 2023 are already saying is that's that's an election year stunt but uh in that case if you're if you're the incumbent and uh you had that level of control over property tax increases you press that button uh every time yeah i, I agree with you rob uh, uh no mayor is gonna if they can avoid it be stupid enough just before they go before voters to say hey i'm in a wacky office and an additional hike on your uh on your on your uh home or your business or whatever. Um, fortunately for this mayor, um, she's relatively flush with cash at the moment, uh, just like uh, a lot of the governments all over the country. Um, uh, receipts have been up. It, it looks like we may be going into a recession, but we haven't gone into the recession yet. Um, she declared another big TIF uh, surplus. Uh, the city got some money from the proposed gambling casino. Uh, and probably most important, we got almost $2 billion from the federal government for uh, for COVID relief funds. All that money is sloshing around, so she has uh, a one-time opportunity not to have a property tax increase. And, and Shazam, it just happens to, to come right in the year when she's running for re-election. Amazing coincidence. What are the odds? However, there was a, an item that was not discussed, at least uh, as you said in the items that were prepared for delivery, uh, the text that was prepared for delivery, and that is uh, the discussion on crime and uh, uh, funding for public safety efforts, especially since that's probably going to be the defining issue of next winter's campaign. Yeah, I kind of scratched my head at that one. Um, uh, There's a little bit of discussion in the speech about uh, some extra money for for the police and for public safety, but uh, that issue is not going to disappear. You can't can't go into ostrich mode on this one. That's what people are talking about. There's stories on your station uh, and and on my website uh, almost every day of the week now about some horrendous event occurring somewhere in the city. Um, And, you know, you got to confront it and just I'm frankly a little mystified that they do it, but uh, she's doing what she's doing. It is a uh, it is an issue in which people have uh, visceral reactions, and uh, you can point to all the charts and graphs in the world, but that's not going to uh, get images out of someone's mind. And if you're a victim of crime, it's not going to make the trauma go away. 
No, it's not. Uh, but instead, this mayor is choosing to uh, concentrate uh, on some of the long-term solutions uh, to uh, give people less incentive to, to uh, commit crime, uh, her, particularly her Invest uh, uh, South by West uh, initiative, which has started to attract as a potential to attract a lot of investment money in the no long neglected neighborhoods. That will give people alternatives to crime and gives them good jobs and economic development in their own, in their name, own neighborhoods, and that's good. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, there's all kinds of mayhem coming down. And then very quickly on the uh, pension fund, uh, fund front, uh, the city has been able to make a, a $200 million payment early. How far behind the eight ball is Chicago as far as it's uh, funding its pension funds are concerned? Uh, last time I wanted to look, uh, it's been a while. Um, uh, it was north of twenty billion in unfunded liability, maybe thirty billion. I haven't, uh, don't have those figures at my uh, at my fingertip, but uh, uh, certainly a vast multiple of two hundred million. Nonetheless, uh, in all the time I've been covering City Hall, I've never seen a mayor uh, come up with extra money early, uh, more than more than the annual required payment. So it's a small bit of progress. Greg Hines, columnist, Crane Chicago Business. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, looking ahead to a week of closely watched economic data. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The government jobs report for September is due Friday, but there are also some key economic numbers being released in the days leading up to it. We're joined by Tom Hudson, the week ahead columnist with the McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Tom, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Before we talk about the jobs report on Friday, a couple of reports on manufacturing came out today that suggest that uh, the Fed is accomplishing its its mission of uh, stepping on the brakes of the economy. Yeah, uh, easing on the brakes is what the Federal Reserve would like to do here, right? They don't want to slam on the brakes to uh, engage the anti-lock brake system in the economy, but rather just come to a nice, slow, rolling stop. That's the hope here. And a little bit of slowdown, a little bit of the weakness that we saw in the manufacturing index, still growing, but by growing, but, but, but growing at, uh, at less of a rate than it was uh, just a month ago or a few months ago. That's seen as some good signs here, and that's kind of the way that folks need to be prepared or to look at the uh, jobs numbers that come in on Friday. Right. On, on the jobs numbers front, there's nothing to suggest there have been a great deal of layoffs, as in the economy will have created fewer jobs in the month of September, but uh, hiring could have slowed down by a lot. Yeah, and that's exactly what folks need to be looking for and uh, uh, I, I think kind of hoping for here, right? I mean, and by slowing down a lot or slowing down a little, it's coming from still a very high pace. This entire year, the average monthly job gain has been over 400,000 new jobs month over month, double the pace of what we saw in 2019, a year before the COVID-19 pandemic, Rob. So, you know, a slowdown to say, 300,000 jobs, a quarter of a million new jobs, 200, 150,000 jobs. I mean, th that still shows very strong underlying hiring. Well, I mean, uh, investors today uh, definitely did uh, drink their coffee and they were in a buying mood because a rally <laughs> is uh, underway today. But uh, we do have the ADP report on Wednesday. Does that have the potential to be a market mover in terms of uh, uh, not only setting up the Friday's report, but also uh, setting up a potential uh, interest rate expectations moving forward? Spot on here, Rob. I, I think anything that whispers of economic data is going to push the market around. There are a lot of loose hands 
in this market. And we'll see how strong the buying is today, certainly. Uh, but listen, September was an awful month in an awful year. And you figure how bad the year was for stock investors from January through August. Folks who were selling in September were not selling into strength. They were selling into weakness. That is a very weak market, a market that is uh, very sensitive to any kind of economic data that's going to come out. And any sign that the Federal Reserve may have to, to use your analogy, step on the brakes harder and faster than what it's already done. Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist with McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, demand for canned cocktails. That's on the rise. Cash, credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. More beer companies are finding their way into the canned cocktail market as the demand for pre-mixed drinks grows. Let's get an update from Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans, based in Chicago. Carly, thanks for joining us today. This growth in the uh, pre-mixed cocktail market, is this an offshoot of the pandemic when a lot of restaurants and bars had pre-packaged cocktails to go? That's kind of how it started, is a lot of these guys were attempting to make their in-house cocktails to go, and then everything just kind of snowballed from there. And, you know, not too long ago, uh, the old saying goes, uh, there ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, which just goes to show you the degree to which uh, White Claw and other spiked uh, seltzer beverages uh, had had taken root in the culture. Uh, Is that still around? Is that still a growth market? Has it stagnated or is it declining? So it's it's around. Um, it's, It's probably pretty stagnant at this point. Um, you know, we saw a lot like with the launch of Claws and Truly, um, and then like Spindrift came out with one, and then Bud Light, Miller Light, all those guys started kind of coming out with them as well. It, it oversaturated the market, I think, for the most part. And then as people were like, these are nice, but also what about a cocktail? Like, can I get like a true cocktail, an old fashioned, a Negroni, a margarita, and can it be done well and also put in a ready to go package? So we actually have probably expanded. Um, We call them RTDs, uh, ready to go um, is kind of the thought there, uh, ready to go drinks. But we've probably expanded that by maybe 50 SKUs. So we're seeing Maplewood um, brewing, distilling, now RTDs. Um, There's an awesome one called Party Can. they actually have an RTD that's intended to have multiple beverages in it. So it's about 12 cocktails that you get out of this cool looking cylinder. Um, if you don't want all of that, if it's just going to be you, uh, tip top, uh, these guys do an incredible craft cocktail. And trust me when I say this, it comes in 100 milliliters, but it is it packs kind of a punch. Every time I have one, I sit there and I'm like, whoa, one is just fine for me. How do they taste? Because I've had uh, like the barrel-aged Manhattans from a couple of uh, mm-hmm. distillers out west, and they're decent, but uh, these pre-mixed cocktails, I mean, how do they, uh, how do they uh, stack up to one that's uh, lovingly crafted by a uh, mixologist near you? So that's always going to be a little tougher, because right when you mix something, the ingredients are exactly what they need to be in that moment. So there, there's never going to be that love for sitting down at your favorite bar and having your favorite cocktail. But people who want to stay at home, this is this is about as close as you're going to get. And it's nice to have that because again, if you don't want to have more than one, you can you can just crack open your little can and and move on with your night. But it's 
it kind of depends on what you want, what kind of atmosphere you want to bring to the table. If you want to be out, great. If you don't, this is a great option. Carly Katz, owner of Bottles and Cans, two locations in Chicago. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead, a couple of suggestions from our Monday stock picker. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station. News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Preparations begin for Sunday's running of the 44th Bank of America Chicago Marathon. President Biden visits U.S. territories and states ravaged by recent hurricanes. General Motors releases a strong third quarter report, but there's concern about the rest of the year. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 686 points. The Nasdaq is up 204, and the S&P 500 is up 81. AccuWeather says plenty of sunshine today. Pleasant, a high of 68, but a bit cooler along the lakefront. 64 degrees right now under mostly sunny skies at 12:31. Topping our news at the half hour as runners scale back workouts ahead of Sunday's Chicago Marathon. The organizers are ramping up preparations for the race. The details from WBBM's Nancy Hardy. There was already a blue line marking the 26.2-mile course as it winds through 29 neighborhoods. Volunteers have already assembled packets for runners to pick up starting Thursday at McCormick Place. 40,000 runners are registered this year, building on just over 26,000 who crossed the finish line last year. Chicago was the first world marathon major in the U.S. to return after a year off due to COVID. Any runner who tests positive for the virus after last Friday can defer their registration to next year, but will need a doctor's note. The race starts at 7.30 Sunday morning, and WBBM will be there, giving updates, not running. Nancy Hardy, 105.9 WBBM. City crews are already closing streets in and around Grant Park to help get the area ready for the marathon. We'll have the latest coming up in the impact on traffic at 12.38. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden travel to Puerto Rico today to survey hurricane damage. As he left the White House with the First Lady, the president told reporters... Head to Puerto Rico because they haven't been taken very good care of. Mr. Biden says he wants to see the state of affairs today, noting that Puerto Rico was still recovering from Hurricane Maria, which struck five years ago when it was hit by Hurricane Fiona last month. Aides say he and Dr. Biden will help package food and other supplies and attend a briefing on the recovery efforts. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading higher today. We're joined by Vahan Jadjigian, Chief Investment Officer, Greenwich Wealth Management, based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Vahan, thanks for joining us today. Based on the market performance on this first trading session of the month of October, it would appear investors not only want to close the book on September, they want to slam it shut, throw it out the window, and possibly set it on fire. Yeah, it certainly does, and I'm very happy to see uh, today's rally. But, you know, uh, the, this kind of strong rally is not unusual 
uh, in a bear market. Uh, the market was clearly over oversold, at least on a short-term basis. So I'm not surprised to see this kind of bounce back. I certainly hope that it continues, but um, for the market to continue going up from here is going to basically require two things. Um, the first is uh, some indication from the Federal Reserve that it is um, considering slowing down the rate hikes. Um, in my view, they should uh, probably start going back to 25 basis point rate hikes until they get to about uh, 4% in the Fed funds rate and then take a look around. Uh, the Fed was clearly um, too easy for too long. Um, now, unfortunately, I think they've gone to the opposite extreme and they're being much too aggressive. So if we see the Fed uh, come to its senses, the market could go much higher. And of course, the other issue is uh, the war in Ukraine. Um, it's clearly uh, obvious that um, Vladimir Putin has put himself into a, uh, a corner and um, there is a lot of concern that he might do something drastic. I- I'm very um, upset about the fact that a lot of people are talking about the use of tactical nuclear weapons uh, on a fairly casual basis. I mean, that would be an incredible uh, uh, catastrophe if that were to happen. Um, but if we see some indication that um, some kind of resolution to this conflict could be reached, uh, that would also help the market go much higher. Is this also a bit of a relief rally in the sense that uh, the British government under Prime Minister Liz Truss appears to be uh, abandoning its uh, economic plans to uh, drastically cut taxes and ramp up spending? Yes, absolutely. So that that's the uh, initial catalyst for today's rally. Um, and then, of course, we saw the ISM manufacturing index come in, which was weaker than expected. And and we're in that situation right now where bad news is good news because it means the Fed may have to slow down. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, that's what started the initial rally this morning um, when, uh, you, when the U.K. backtracked. And this is uh, basically kind of the, the, the through-line storyline for the, the first 10 months of the year on the Noon Business Hour, and that is uh, just the fight against inflation. And when it comes to interest rate hikes versus the consumer price index or the producer price index or the personal consumption index, of, of those three indices and interest rate hikes as a weapon, which one is the leading indicator and which one is the lagging indicator? Well, well, the Fed actually pays, uh, or, or at least uh, they claim to pay more attention to the uh, the PCE, the personal consumption expenditures. Um, <clears throat> however, uh, the Fed is forgetting that um, interest rate hikes take quite a while to make their way through the economy. Now, if you look at the CPI, which is uh, which is the indicator that uh, most people really pay a lot of attention to, you can see that it's already rolling over. Um, we're in the second month now where the year-over-year increase in the CPI has gone down. So it looks like the Fed's actions are starting to have an impact. Um, That's why I would urge the Fed to really slow down. Because remember, they they started raising rates in in March, which was only six and a half months ago. So, So those March rate hikes are now just making their way through the economy. Since then, they've been much more aggressive in raising rates typically by 75 basis points each time. And um, I'm afraid that if they don't slow down or stop soon, uh, we could we could find ourselves in a pretty severe recession. 
Vahan Jenjigi and Chief Investment Officer, Greenwich Wealth Management, based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, GM sees a nearly 25% rise in sales for the third quarter. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. General Motors posting strong sales gains in the third quarter, but some analysts are concerned about what's down the road for GM and for the auto industry. Let's check in with Jeff Gilbert, CBS News automotive correspondent, based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Uh, well, let's start by looking under the hood of uh, the General Motors uh, third quarter report. What are some of the highlights? Well, you know, some of the highlights are they have some very strong SUV and pickup truck sales. They've had some strong orders for some of their EVs. So GM is seeing improvement. But when you look at that 24% sales increase number, also look at that as an increase from last year when they were really hit hard by the chip crisis. Let's flip this on its head. Honda had a 36% sales drop in the same quarter. That's because they did pretty good last year, and they're kind of going through their semiconductor problems. So a lot of it's related to timing. And then as far as the automotive industry is concerned, not only just GM, but the whole uh, the whole industry, um, what is the level of anxiety when it comes to uh, interest rates and the ability of potential customers to uh, finance a new car? Yeah, it's interest rates, it's inflation, it's what you were talking about right before we went on the year, the stock market, things of that nature. They tend to make consumers nervous. And there are some analysts who are saying, just as supply is starting to come back a bit in the fourth quarter, we may start to actually see a slight demand problem as consumers get a little bit jittery with these interest rate increases. And, you know, if a person has a least bit of worry that their job may be a bit in jeopardy, they're going to hold off on a big purchase like a car. Now, is there a, a school of thought inside the automotive industry that a potential slowdown in demand uh, could be a good thing, potentially, because it would allow them to not only uh, catch up with the, uh, the, the, the supply chain crunch, but uh, potentially get ahead of it? Well, that would be a good thing for consumers because obviously a slowdown in demand would mean car makers wouldn't have to charge full rate for vehicles. So that would be a good thing for them. Car makers have seen great profits because everything they make, they can sell, you know, in some cases at higher prices and people are demanding higher trims. So this has actually been fairly good for car makers. So a slowdown in demand may take us back to the normal incentive levels and, you know, kind of cut some of that gravy off the top for car makers. And how does this stack up uh, to uh, previous uh, potential slowdowns in terms of uh, uh, customers who may be uh, wavering about buying? And also, is this unprecedented territory uh, for a lot of car dealers who may not remember a higher interest rate environment and, 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 and the ability of buyers to actually finance a purchase? Well, it, it is unprecedented territory in terms of what we've been seeing in inventories. The, the other kind of thing, when you're talking about demand, there's almost a predictable cycle there where where you see the economy get into a little bit of jitters and people hold off on big-ticket purchases like vehicles. That's what we saw going into the Great Recession back in 2008 and 2009. So there's a pattern there. What's different now is these inventories that, even though they're getting better, are, are still at all-time lows. I mean, since, since, the, uh, since the pandemic hit uh, nearly three years ago, we've been sailing in uncharted waters. 
Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday and helping us out this afternoon is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today and with your uh, two stock selections. Uh, Let's get underway with uh, your first one, which is uh, kind of a plucky little underdog in the uh, tech space. Yeah, good afternoon, Robin. Thanks for having me on. Uh, The first one uh, is Google, and uh, well, now it's Alphabet, but uh, trades at a 19 PE. Everybody knows this name, but uh, I I mean, you're not going to get it at a a cheaper valuation. The last time Google traded under PE was never. So, um, I mean, it has short-term headwinds uh, in ad revenue, and that's that's partly what is causing the, the downdraft in the stock. But the company's going to weather the storm. You're betting on a, on a near monopoly in, in, in uh, search. And we at MJP Capital, we love companies that have big moats. I don't think there's a tech company in the world that has a bigger moat than, than Alphabet. Uh, they have a cloud business now that's growing. YouTube, everybody knows YouTube, but 120 million daily active users. And a stat that I don't think a lot of people know is they have 1 billion hours of YouTube video watched daily. This is a company that's not going anywhere. It's in the tech space, which is not loved right now. But certainly these, these headwinds in tech are going to subside at some point. And this is a name that you want to bet on. It's going to beat the market over the next year. And it's a great tech stock. It's not going anywhere. And, and, and I, I love the name. So that's, that's my first pick. And the uh, next one is an old name in energy. Yeah, yeah, old, but very underappreciated and, and underloved, in, in our opinion. Uh, the stock is up 70% this year. It's owned mostly by institutions. Not a lot of individual investors really follow the name. But it, as you said, it's been around a long time, and it trades it under a 7 PE. So you want exposure in the oil sector. This is about as cheap as you're going to get uh, and as low risk as you're going to get to get the exposure in oil and still buy a cheap valuation. There's not a lot of stocks trading down this levels. Um, it's, it, it also is trading near its all-time high, which there's almost no stocks in, in the entire market that is doing that. But, but the reason why Sinclair is is because, as I said, it's underloved and it's cheap. So in a d- very difficult year for picking stocks, this is about as sure a bet as you're going to have in, in any name. And so we love it for another 50% rise as, as long as the market itself can stabilize. And we do think it is stabilizing here. So it's a great bet going forward. Uh, huge upside, HF Sinclair. And then very quickly, uh, just going forward, uh, you know, 2022 is kind of a year to forget for uh, stocks. <laughs> but is this also a time to uh, snap up a lot of bargains that uh, may not be bargains at all in 2023 or 24? Well, you know, I was on your show last week and basically said, if you have a longer time horizon than a month or two, this is the time to be buying stocks. I mean, yeah, there's volatility and there's been nothing but downside this year, but this is exactly, it's a 25% off sale. And, you know, when are you going to get sales like this? Yeah, maybe 
three months from now, the market will be lower. But I bet you ten years from now it won't be. So if you're gonna if you're if you believe in the stock market, if you believe in the United States, this is a time to be buying stocks. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital, author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.